You get more out of life when you go out to a movie. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Welcome once again to Cinema a la Carte, a uh, movie podcast. Uh, we come out generally monthly. Uh, the next episode is actually already ready to go, except for the the graphic. Uh, so that'll be coming out soon. But uh, I am one of your co-hosts, Philip, from the state of New Hampshire in the U.S. of A. And with me in the state of Michigan. This is Eric. Eric, how's it going, sir? I am well. Excellent. And the uh, 50-year-old birthday boy today <laughs> from New York. Hi, this is Mike. Mike, how are you, sir? Old. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so uh, August 20th, tw- actually, August 24th is the day we are recording this, so happy birthday to Mike. I thought it was Mike. early. You, you were on your 50 movies. You were early by five, I think. But Yeah, I, no, I was, uh, I'm, a late, I'm late on my movies. I am, uh, no, because it's my birthday, and then you said it's the 20th. I was like, uh-oh, celebrated too soon. <laughs> yeah, no, I know it. Yeah, I know what you mean. I meant uh, today's the 24th, and that's Mike's birthday today. And my reference was to 50 movies, one of per his birth year. Uh, Mike has been doing, uh, but he timed it wrong because it was supposed to end on the day of his birthday, but he was like five. Well, I wasn't supposed to. I just thought I would do it, and I looked at it. And I thought it was going to come close. I just, and I can count. I just didn't really feel like being bothered to do it. No, so I no. just knew I would end up in the neighborhood. If that's the worst mistake Mike's ever made, he's doing okay. But it wasn't even a mistake. I wasn't trying to do it. <laughs> I said the first day I did it, I said I'm going to end oh, the round. Oh, so Phil's just trying to make you look bad then. Yeah, pretty, pretty much. My list will just do that for me. Fight! 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 I tried my hardest to get Eric and MJ Preston in the fight on Facebook. It didn't work. <laughs> I got a random stranger into a fight with Mike. That was pretty cool. <laughs> Oh my God, that was crazy! Uh, for people who are curious, uh, you can go to Dark Discussions Podcast Facebook group where we are uh, discussing various topics of genre, and that's where Eric is referring to. Uh, for folks who are curious about cinema a la carte, uh, we are actually part of the umbrella of Dark Discussions Podcast. So we go to darkdiscussions.com, which is the Dark Discussions Network. Cinema a la carte is part of that network. Uh, also, uh, we use the Dark Discussions at AOL.com email or the contact form on darkdiscussions.com where you can email the show, and we will read your email on the podcast. We also uh, have uh, Dark Discussion 1, which is the Twitter for this show. So basically everything for this show is for under the Dark Discussions network, but the show itself can either be found under the Dark Discussions podcast feed, where that can be found anywhere, or you can search for Cinema a la Carte wherever you listen to podcasts and find us there. Um, Eric, so uh, any uh, 
stuff about uh, Patreon or something? Uh, we do have a Patreon that uh, we would appreciate if you go and contribute to. Uh, you can find it at patreon.com slash darkdiscussions, uh, or you can find a link to it on the front page of darkdiscussions.com. Uh, and for the Dark Discussions podcast, uh, every $5 you donate per month, you have the opportunity to uh, submit a topic for us to possibly do a show on. We take all these submissions, draw on it at random on a quarterly basis. Uh, so you can find all that at darkdiscussions.com. I'm still trying to learn how to navigate the new website redesign myself, so I'm not going to run it down right now. Fair enough. Uh, also, uh, yeah, so basically Mike's argument that Eric got Mike in trouble with was semantically, is there a difference between an adaptation or a remake, or is it the same <laughs> the thing? The whole thing was silly. And I didn't yeah. want to deal with it, so I was like, hey, if you want to argue, argue with Mike, man, they did. <laughs> yeah, and I... Uh, <laughs> Sometimes co-host Barrett actually texted me saying, do you see what's going on? People are using the C word and everything on it. I know. I know oh, my I God. Did it go that far? I, I must did. Have, I, must have I, stopped I, I haven't looked at it in at least, I think, 24, in, in, in 24 hours. I didn't know it went that far. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing is that the, the person that used the C word, I think, is from, like, England. Which Oh, they don't mean it when different. they say it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But other person's from either Canada or the U S and they were kind of upset and it just went off. It's like crazy. But yeah. Oh, funny, funny over, over semantics and nothing. Yeah. When you think about it. Yeah. So, uh, so, uh, what is this podcast all about Eric? This was actually know. your kind of idea, actually. <laughs> well, Phil was always trying to get us to do movies on the dark discussions podcast that don't belong there. Um, so, as a way to kind of uh, give him an outlet to talk about movies that don't belong under dark discussions, we did the spinoff called Cinema a la Carte once a month. And and you know it's interesting, Eric. The movie that we were discussing, or I was trying to get to be a dark discussions podcast, was a Tom Cruise movie. As a matter of fact, it was uh, indeed it was Mission one of the Mission Impossible's. And I said it's dark. I mean, you, the, the, some villain was but trying to no, the entire no, 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 no. You're you're wrong, and that's why this podcast exists. Well, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Yeah, well, we did put the poll on Facebook, and sure enough, most people said, yeah, we don't want the episode as, as dark discussion, so I lost. So that's all right. This is a good good uh, location for some, some of these films that are, are uh, here. Um, anything you want to add, Mike? Uh, yeah, that thing was a remake. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the debate. Um, all right, all right. Sounds good. Sounds good. Um uh, so, um, so far, what we've been doing is uh, choosing a uh, film uh, monthly. Uh, basically, what's going on is uh, we were going by alphabetical order by first name. So Eric chose a film, then Mike would choose a film, then Phil would choose a film, and then back to Eric. And uh, this time, it was uh, Eric's turn. And uh, I guess with that stated, Eric, uh, what is the topic you chose for tonight? Tonight, we're going to be talking about the Tom Cruise vehicle from 2012, Jack Reacher. Jack Reacher is a ghost served in the military police. A brilliant investigator. Troublemaker, too. Then, two years ago, he disappears. You don't find this guy unless he wants to be found. Excuse me, sir. There's a Jack Reacher here to see you. Can I help you? James Barr. You say he shot five people. I don't believe he did. What exactly are you saying? He was framed. 
an army cop do mostly? What you do? It's one minor difference. Every suspect was a trained killer. What do we hope to find? The truth. A soldier is asking questions no one else would ask. Get the lawyer. Helen? No. Helen, are you hurt? Do I have to tell you how this works? Do you think I'm a hero? I am not a hero. The lawyer's all yours. On second thought, I'd like to kill you. They want me to run. Then I'm gonna finish this. You're a little rusty, Mr. Reacher. I have nothing to lose. And if you're smart, that scares you. about the law. He doesn't care about proof. He only cares about what's right. Out of the car! Jack Reacher, crazy that it's already 2012, the film, uh, eight years old already. <laughs> nuts, nuts. Remember when it first came out. Uh, directed by Christopher McQuarrie and also written by Christopher McQuarrie, uh, one of the premier screenwriters out there. Um, has won an Academy Award for Best Screenplay for The Usual Suspects. Uh, he also wrote uh, The Edge of Tomorrow, uh, a couple of the Mission Impossible films, uh, the new upcoming Top Gun film that was supposed to be, I think, released this year, but it's now going to 2021. And as you can gather, based off of Mission Impossible's Top Gun and Edge of Tomorrow, and actually he wrote Valkyrie too, uh, all Tom Cruise films. So uh, this guy is obviously good buddies with Tom Cruise. He's, he's uh, a dedicated Tom Cruise director. Yes. At, yes, at the very least, he's probably a Scientologist. <clears throat> anyway. <laughs> it, it, it's it's possible. I'm not I'm not quite sure, but either way, they have a good working relationship, and uh, I've always liked him uh, specifically because of uh, Edge of Tomorrow. Uh, that film was phenomenal. Um, it stars Tom Cruise, as we mentioned, which is this will be our second Tom Cruise film for this podcast, as well as Rosamund Pike, which this will be our second film for Rosamund Pike on this podcast. Also of note in the film is uh, Richard Jenkins, uh, Academy Award winner Werner Herzog. Uh, Robert Duvall, the greatest actor of all time, in my opinion. I think he's awesome, and he's my favorite actor. And then uh, David Oyelowo. Um, the film is uh, cinematography by Caleb Deschanel, and it was released by Paramount Pictures. Uh, the film grossed $218 million and was supposed to be a tentpole for a new Tom Cruise series, uh, but after some issues due to a shooting, mass shooting in Connecticut, uh, not too far from myself or from Mike. Uh, the film got pushed back two months, and then actually turned out to actually do make a pro did make a great profit. And they did a second film, but that second film um, didn't make as much, so they uh, canceled obviously the the series. Yeah, it wasn't um, good either. 
Yeah, and I understand I, the the first one didn't really do that well either. So it well, didn't, it, it didn't do great with opening weekend, but it did well uh, overall legs. internationally. Yeah, it legs. Okay. yeah, it had long legs, and also um, there was some backlash to the fans of the book because uh, folks <laughs> didn't think Tom Cruise fit the well. Of and, Jack Reacher. And to be fair, they have a point. The character of Jack Reacher in the book is like six foot four and built like a tank and blonde. So they weren't wrong. <laughs> it's just if you're gonna have Tom Cruise if you could have Tom Cruise in your movie, you're gonna have Tom Cruise in your movie. Right. 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 And I mean the only actor I can think who kind of fits that Dolph Lugman from yeah, I was just thinking that, Phil. Who can yeah. speak English properly? Rucker Howard from twenty years. No, it's like is is Chris Hemsworth, but uh, or oh, but yeah. yeah, he's he's I think too young for the role. Um, and I don't right. know that he was. When when did this come out? Two thousand twelve. Yeah, so this would have been uh, like right before he hit it big. I imagine if they were to make it now, Hemsworth would probably be like their number one person to put in the role. I don't think so, nope. because because this was a uh, part of Tom Cruise's production company. So this was specifically, I think he he was the one. I'm saying, but I'm saying if someone were to adapt it now, Tom oh, Cruise yeah, yeah, yeah. wanted to make yeah. and wanted to adapt. I'm saying if somebody were to, to try to make it now, I think he would be like maybe a more ideal casting for it. I have not read the book. Um, I don't I know how read. It, I haven't read this particular book. I have read some like. Jack Reacher is a character that's in this whole series of books written by Lee Child. Um, and it's it's kind of like the character is ex-military and he was an investigator in the military. So uh, the books are kind of like that 70s Incredible Hulk TV show. He kind of wanders from town to town, not looking for trouble, but finding it anyway. Uh, the difference is he doesn't need to like turn green to beat the shit out of everybody and he wins and solves the problem and moves on to the next town. Does he come yeah. with his own sad piano music? Uh, he should. <laughs> yeah, so uh, the, the book it is based off of is called One Shot, which was a 2005 uh, novel, actually, um, and so forth. Uh, yeah, what I was going to say about the, the casting again and all that, uh, I can't remember. Uh, that's a shame. I, it was... Something good, but either way, yeah, right. Hemsworth would have would have been okay for the role, but oh yeah, I remember what I was gonna say the three people I mentioned, and, and Eric was thinking of one of them was Dolph Lundgren, Rucker Hauer, and you mentioned uh, this guy here, Hemsworth. None of them are Americans, so uh, well, there's no, there's well, no well, Rucker Hauer. Yes, and uh, well, he's dead now, but right? Yeah, he, he passed away. Yeah, so I don't think they're gonna cast him. So, well, yeah, I mean, uh, not until the, the the dead come back, which you know, maybe that's for September. Um, <laughs> and you know, and 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 both he and Lundgren are old now, right? Uh, and not like Tom Cruise old, where he's old but he still looks like he's fifteen. But uh, yeah, but they're right, they're right. they're a little old for the role. I don't. Let me see. Here's the thing that I I have. Like when I read a book. I mean, yeah, I try to. I visualize. You obviously you visualize the characters kind of in your head, but um, I mean, how important is it in the book his physicality, his size? Because other than the fact that he, I mean, that it's it's necessary for him to kick ass, which I think Tom Cruise does convincingly in here. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like you're reminded every page that he's six foot four, unless he just has a really weird way of writing. 
that well, he's I think six they bring four. it up like once a book at the beginning, you know, basic right. physical description. Right. So, I mean, like with um, the only other time I remember this coming up and had this dispute with someone because I had a similar thing um, was when they cast him as Lestat in Interview with a Vampire. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, there was it was actually a very specific thing that it was supposed to be all the vampires were these like dark brooding uh you know bella lugosi types that was like mm-hmm. that, those are the people who were specifically chosen to be vampires and so the idea of uh lestat as a blonde-haired blue-eyed Pre- individual pretty boy yeah. as a pretty boy that that specifically went that was that was a specific thing to distinguish him from the rest of the vampire community and then they did make tom cruise a blonde-haired lestat in the film Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I, so that, but that had a specific point to him being blonde for, for, for story reasons and medical well, reasons. And I don't think the hair color is the big issue here. I think it's the size. It's, um, but, but they yeah. also understand that they don't film him like they film Danny DeVito, right? We all know Tom Cruise is only like four foot one. <laughs> but well, I, I think he's a little taller than that. Yeah, he's, he's, he's but he's, no, he's short though. He's like he's like five six. Five, He's like five six, right? But they don't film him like he's five six, right? They never put him in a room with a bunch of of men who are like six five and sh- and make it look like he's a foot shorter than all of them. He's, he's on the box. He's oh the yeah, guy. he's he's on boxes. He's he's got Boris Karloff shoes to add, you know, to add the extra he's, height. He's got the he's got the Allen Ladd twelve uh, inch box under him. Yeah. So the Apple boxes. Yeah. So I don't. So I mean, I never. I'm watching. This, I don't get. Like the him having a lack of size in this film, I don't get that he's super big, right? And and to I, me, I think it's more important that you get somebody, you know. And this and is the, and the fan the fan backlash was just on initial announcement, I believe. I don't I don't think anybody was still complaining after the movie, um, oh, but when well, it was announced, like if if you heard that a five foot six guy was cast as a six foot four character, you might take umbrage to that. Well, ironically. You know, if, you, if you're familiar with, or, or actually appropriately, uh, this is a serendipitous. I just had gone on Facebook today, uh, right before we went on, and uh, an, uh, a Facebook friend, someone I know through the, the Scares of Care charity, Dean Window, uh, who is an English transplant to the United States uh, and is now a U.S. citizen, um, posted this out of the blue. There's only been one time casting a movie has actually annoyed me, and that was Tom Cruise's Jack Reacher. <laughs> I still have not watched either movie, and I never will. Cruise was basically the complete opposite to Reacher in every single way, but mostly build and physique, and when this is a huge part of both the character and the stories, it just never would have worked for me at all. The real shame is I haven't even been able to pick up any of the novels since. What? That makes no sense. That, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah, the, the novels. Have what, what does casting yeah. have to do with books? Yeah, I, I I don't know, and I'm not, and I'm not, I'm not criticizing him. I am saying I am. I don't know your friend. I'm criticizing yeah. the hell out of him. It's a little, it's a, a little irrational. Yeah, it's a little irrational there. Little I'm irrational. just saying that's yeah. that's what he said, you know. And I I st- and I know when the film came out, I still heard people bitching and complaining about Tom Cruise in that role. And well, we've been talking about this for like 15 minutes now. So yeah, let's move so, on. So I'm just saying it hasn't gone away. <laughs> okay, All right, so, so 
so let's go around and uh, discuss how we heard about this film and what we thought about it and if any of us have read the book. So, uh, Eric, why don't we start with you since you uh, chose the film? Um, I I don't remember how I heard about it, honestly, uh, other than it's a Tom Cruise movie. So it probably had a little bit of buzz at some point, but I don't remember a, a huge advertising campaign around it. Um, part, part of it was probably the fact that Sandy Hook happened right... Uh, right before it was released. And so they, they pretty much killed all uh, advertising for it uh, when that happened. Um, so yeah, I actually went and saw this in the theater when it was released and I liked it a lot. Um, and found out about the controversy over the casting and yada, yada, and eventually uh, picked up some of the books and read them myself. And they're, they're okay. Light reading They're you know, they're fine. Um, not, I wouldn't say they're great American literature, but they're 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 fiction that'll pass the time for you if you're on a plane or whatever. Uh, yeah, so I ended up uh, liking this movie quite a bit, and I own it on Blu-ray, and I wanted to talk about it. All right, very good. So, uh, Mike, what about yourself? Um, I got to be honest, it's I have a really really good memory for. Uh, remembering when I've seen when and where I saw movies. And I'm not entirely sure if I first saw this in the theater or at home. I think I first saw it at home because I do think it kind of came and went pretty quickly in the theaters around here. Um, but I, I could be completely wrong about that. Uh, obviously I knew about it because, you know, I pay attention to it and saw the ads and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, But yeah, I mean, I I like the film a lot. Uh, I know I made I watched it. I'm pretty sure I watched it myself, and then gave the disc to Pam to watch because she likes Tom Cruise. I figured she would like it. And I haven't actually. I don't think I watched it. This did again. Either only my second. I'm watching it. Watched it a lot. Get a lot of time to visit movies anymore. Uh, but yeah, I think this is a really solid. Uh, I don't know if I call it an action film thriller. Maybe. Thriller. It's a thriller. Thriller. So yeah, I I do like it quite a bit. All right. Very good. Very good. Um, yeah. For me. Um, yeah. I actually think I heard about the film mostly. I mean, it was one of those films I just kind of ignored because uh, I thought it was an action type film, and I, I don't know. And you know, this was two two twenty two thousand twelve. Um, uh, and I don't think I. I knew about really paid attention about the film until you kind of mentioned it, Eric to me. And then uh, I know uh, gone girl came out and then I noticed that Rosalind Pike was in it as well. And um, even though I love Tom Cruise, um, I've, I've kind of loved uh, Rosalind Pike since die another day, um, which, which was probably the best part of that james bond film and she was awesome in that and, I, and when she, she was in that i was always curious if she was ever going to break out um and eventually she did with gone girl um and and so when you mentioned it eric and, and that it was on like prime or, or netflix or something at the time it's not on any of those anymore you have to actually rent it um i i went and checked it out and this is when um, I was really getting into Tom Cruise big after Edge of Tomorrow and whatnot. And then I noticed that Macquarie uh, directed the film, which which said, oh, oh OK, now this is this has three three uh, uh, high marks for me with 
Pike, Cruz, and, and McQuarrie. Um, so yeah, when I saw it, uh, oh, and then I saw that Robert Duvall was in it too. And I was like, holy shit, I got to see this. So, um, <laughs> I was, I was like, uh, very impressed with the film. I, I really enjoyed it a lot. Uh, I wasn't really familiar with, uh, the books though. I always see Lee Child and, and his, his books in Barnes and Noble and back in the day when Borders was around and, and wherever books are sold, you always see his books. Um, but uh, I didn't know much about Jack Reacher, but uh, this this movie was really solid. Uh, it was a mystery, a thriller, an action film. Uh, the two leads have a lot of charisma, uh, as as would be expected. And uh, McCory uh, does once again has a tight script and great direction. Um, I think it was a hidden gem uh, that was missed because of. Uh, Sandy Hook, Newtown, Connecticut, and as a result, um, it didn't get that marketing campaign that, that Eric referenced that had to be next. Um, and yet, yet it, it's it's one of uh, Tom Cruise's uh, solid uh, action films, and, and a high recommend by me. Uh, one thing that I, th- I found out about the film was interesting is that Doug McQuarrie, which is uh, Christopher's brother. Who was a Navy SEAL? He he was the uh, expert for all the guns in in the film. So he he was the one that did all the gun tech and all the mm-hmm. gun cho- choices and all that. So I noticed uh, that, that was, name in the in the credits. Another Macquarie. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that was his brother, Navy SEAL, uh, U.S. hero. Um, all right. So uh, Eric, uh, do we have a wiki for this one? Wiki wiki. I don't like this wiki. Uh, a homicide investigator digs deeper into a case involving a trained military sniper who shot five random victims. He's not really a homicide investigator. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he was, he's like, he said, I mean, he does know. investigate this homicide, but right. that's not yeah. what he does. Yeah. He's not like that. He doesn't have an office or anything. <laughs> Right. Well, when you say homicide investigator, that sounds like a policeman. And he's exactly. not. He's yeah. a retired or, or former. He's not like a detective uh, on the police force or anything. Right. Right. He is a detective in the sense that he's hired by the defense attorney to do research, mm-hmm. uh, but he does it pretty much um, for free uh, because he knows there's some other bigger conspiracy going on. Mm-hmm. Um, because th- there was no way that that the defense was going to be able to pay this guy. Um, I, w- I will say that one thing that is is true to the books that they did in this movie um, is the the whole bit about him being completely off the grid. Uh, that's like totally his style in the books. He like he he never stares, stays anywhere very long. He he never pays for anything with a credit card. He always pays for everything in cash. He only brings one change of clothes with him, and then he just wears it until he needs another and buys it with cash. So nobody ever knows how to get a hold of him. <laughs> Right, right, and, and it's interesting how he gets involved in in this case uh, because of uh, someone kind of figures out a way to get a hold of him just by mentioning his name, and uh-huh. it goes on the news. So we'll discuss all that. Um, all right, so I guess we'll uh, discuss uh, non-spoiler stuff first. So things related to the film: Jack Reacher, Lee Child, uh, McQuarrie, Cruz, Pike, Duvall. Uh, Jenkins, anything else? Uh, just this type of, um, I guess, genre. I, I know these books uh, are real popular, and I always thought they were similar to 
Clive Custler or James Patterson. I mean, I mean they're, they're different. I know now based off of what I saw here, but they're the child is one of those guys that just like puts out a book and it becomes a, became a bestseller, um, mm-hmm. at least back, back then. Um, and what's your opinion of, of the books and the character in general, Eric, since you're the only one that has, has really read them. I mean, I, I liked it more. I liked it enough to buy more than one book. Uh, but after like four or five, I was like, yeah, okay. I've had enough of that. Um, and it's pretty much like I described the, the, the wandering from one town to another and really the premise stays the same. And it's just the characters that change. Um, so yeah, a few of them were good. Uh, I don't want to read all of them cause I pretty much see where the whole thing's going. Now, did you read this book here? One shot? No. Okay. This one actually, I did the wiki on the book and it actually takes place in Indiana, but they move it to Pittsburgh, uh, for some reason, maybe, maybe cause that's where they were filming. Well, they, Right. Well, well, obviously they must have chose Pittsburgh for a reason. Maybe Pittsburgh off money. Of yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, that's how those decisions are made. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mike, being a baseball fan like myself, uh, what was your opinion of seeing PNC Park in the background there? Yeah. Well, I mean, I've visited Pittsburgh a couple of times, and so I know the river and I know the bridge, and uh, because I. You know, I've seen I've that shot from PNC Park, so that was nice. And it's a park I really would like to go see because pretty much everybody says just about like that's the nicest park in baseball um, to go to. That's so, quite a compliment. Yes. Yeah, and, and it's like, to be one of the new ones, nice new ones. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's not like you know, and you you expect most people to to pick their home team, mm-hmm. right? So, so you kind of ignore those, uh, except on those occasions <laughs> where people really except just for- hate their their stadium well yeah i was um, gonna say except for people from boston I, I don't think i've heard anyone say anything nice about Fenway park yeah. oh it's a dump it's a <laughs> see there's yeah. a dump that has to be preserved because oh, of reasons i have no idea I'm, I'm still completely confused. anyway yeah anyway uh yeah so uh right away if you do baseball you know this takes place in pittsburgh because uh um most people I mean, the skyline, you know, you're not necessarily familiar with. Um, I so, wasn't familiar uh, with, this, with the skyline, and uh, I, I honestly didn't pick up on it on my first view, but one of the uh, places in the movie is called the Three Rivers Hotel. Yeah, there you and go. And I, I, I know from watching football that Damn. Three Rivers Stadium is in Pittsburgh, so. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Um... All right, so uh, anything else we wanted to talk about before uh, we get into the nitty and gritty? Because we're going to spoil the heck out of the film. You know, we're gonna yeah, I just want to say that uh, Tom Cruise and Chris... I, I watched this with a commentary today. And uh, Christopher McQuarrie and Tom Cruise uh, really like each other. I'll, I'll be honest, a lot of the, cl- the commentary is them blowing each other. Um, just, oh, you're such a great actor. Oh, you're such a great director. Um, but when they start talking about, uh, other stuff, uh, I always thought of Tom Cruise as a bit of a pretty boy, uh, and never really took him all that seriously. Um, up until the last 10 years, uh, when, it, when he started doing some stuff and I was like, what? And listen to this commentary, uh, the dude knows about movie making. 
um, which I suppose is to be expected after having made a number of them at this point. But like he's talking about like uh, camera angles and lenses and and transitions and everything like that. So I would not be at all surprised if when his body finally gives out on him and he can't do the stunts anymore, uh, if we end up seeing him behind the camera, because um, I, I think it's something he might be interested in from listening to him talk during this movie. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually surprised they have a, a commentary f- uh, with with him on it, too. That's pretty impressive. He doesn't do a whole lot of them. But, you know, he, he's buddies with McQuarrie, so... Yeah, really he, he and McQuarrie are, are best buds, so yeah. I think yeah. he's going to be doing those from now on. Yeah. So they've, they've got a couple more planned for the Mission Impossible franchise together. Yeah, they actually... Uh, actually, McQuarrie's uh, uh, wrote and directed the, the up-and-coming one that's... Uh, coming out in 2021 as a matter of fact so uh, mission impossible 7 so and as with the uh mission impossible movies uh tom cruise did all his own stuff in this movie he was doing all the driving during the extended uh chase sequence um so yeah that that's always cool yeah there there was there's some damn good uh uh chase uh, car chases in this film Uh, people always talk about uh, bullet with Steve McQueen as maybe the best ever, which is possible. Um, and then the one from French connection, uh, as well as pretty solid, but, but there's been a lot of a pretty damn good ones recently. Uh, and, and this is, this one from 2012 is, is definitely one to add to the, to, uh, the group of, of great car chases. It's so pretty I would, good. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty solid. Uh, upgrade had a good one too. Remember that one from like two years mm-hmm. ago. That was pretty solid. Yeah. Mike, you want to say something? Um, I was. Yeah, I was going to say, that is one of the things I wrote down in my notes was that the car chase is good. One of the things I think they do wisely is they keep the camera low for a lot of it. Mm-hmm. And just that difference of like putting the camera on the, the hood or on the roof yes, as opposed to like on the yeah. grill. Um, it, it really just adds something to the, the sort of the sense of, of speed and, and being there uh, mm-hmm. in immediacy. And yeah, so I think it's one of the better chase sequences and i mean michael bay kind of killed a lot of car chases for me with uh the rock where he had like a 20 minute pointless car chase uh, um, i gotta revisit that movie people talk yeah about it well so you know you, you got another pick in two months so <laughs> <laughs> we could do nick cage month if you want um no <laughs> so what, what's happening in two months so there's a michael bay film coming up no, no, no. He, he oh. gets he, he gets to, if he wants us to do the rock, he's got his another pick in two months. He can pick. Gotcha. I didn't gotcha. say I want a podcast about it. I said I have to watch it again. The rock. Um, Isn't is that the one with uh Sean Connery too? Yes. Yes. Yeah, and, and Nick Cage, right? Yeah, and that was like the first time I remember being in sitting in a theater watching an action sequence going, How fucking long is this thing going to be? <laughs> because it just felt like, you know, anyway. it should have ended you know, much earlier than it really need than it than it did. Um, because this it was car just, chase is or, good. Yeah, and this car chase is good. It is not repetitive uh, or pointless. Um, and and actually, and I mostly what I really love about it is the ending. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty. That's a pretty awesome way for it to end. Yes. So we'll talk about that in spoilers for sure. Uh, but like all the stuff that happened during the car sh- the car chase actually happened. Uh, with with Tom Cruise driving a car, like there's there's a there's a point where the car starts stalls out, and he has to get it started again, and that actually that was not planned, that just happened to him. Uh, and then there's another 
place where he wildly oversteers a turn and has to get the car straightened out again, and that actually happened too. So, yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, other stuff I wanted to talk about in generalities. Um, I guess I'll just say that I uh, really enjoyed how this whole thing was shot. Um, my my one nitpick with this movie um, is that there's a theme in the score that is very prominent and repeated, in my opinion, too much. Um, if they had done that like three less times, that would have been okay with me. But that's really the only thing I can level up this movie and say I didn't like about it. The rest of it I found pretty darn entertaining. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was definitely uh, entertaining as hell. Um, I did, I did have a minor problem with the very end of the film, uh, because there's a scene in the hospital, yep. <laughs> and and the poor guy is suffering, and 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 the the DA doesn't bother just telling him, <laughs> no, no, you're good, it's okay, don't don't cry. <laughs> Like I understand, like why she doesn't say it at first, but after they get what they need, uh huh, she's still like leaving him on the hook. Well, lawyers are heartless dicks, so what are you gonna do? Yeah. Uh, so I just, and I was like, no. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, and now admittedly, the guy is a bit of a dick, given that you know we learned. Uh, what he did, you know, at an earlier point in his life, mm-hmm. you know, so I can't, I can't cry too much over his suffering. Uh, right, right. But there's a little suffering. But still, I mean, all right, and we got what he had need been beaten me. into a coma and unconscious for quite a while at that point. So I guess he had. His <laughs> yeah, I mean, there is that. Well, the problem with being beaten into a coma is that you're really not suffering. You just took a nap. You wake up. You you lost some time. If you're lucky, you just slept through like a you know election season, so you know that might actually be a reward. <laughs> Hell, there's probably somebody who went to a coma like in early March, and they have no, and they're gonna have no idea all the shit they missed when they finally wake up. So I just I really enjoyed Tom Cruise in this movie. Uh, I really I really liked it. Uh, one of the things I felt was kind of odd about this movie, but it's one of the reasons I like it so much. It's this, there's a great deal of humor in this movie. Uh, there are lots of scenes where you just end up laughing because Tom Cruise is letting off one-liners like a pro, or like there are a couple of points where the action just becomes like three stooges. <laughs> You're just laughing at it because it's funny. Oh, the the bathroom scene. Oh yeah, the fight in the house is is hilarious. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's 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 a good amount of humor in this movie as well. Uh, and and then the, or, the street, or like the street fight a, too. Yeah. The street fight, and there's also the scene uh, when they're in uh, his hotel room, uh, and since he only has one shirt, he takes it off to wash it, and he's just like hanging around shirtless, and Roman Pike's like totally trying not to drool all over him with his shirt off. It's kind of funny. <laughs> oh, oh, and when, when he hands her, he, he leans over and she's thinking that he's making a pass at her. Yeah. 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 That was hilarious. <laughs> that was awesome. Right, and that's out, why, she, has to, she has to take a moment. <laughs> and that's the thing is that this is one reason why I do like him in the role is that there is a lot of personality to the role. Mm-hmm. And you need someone who can act to pull it off. Yes. And it is hard finding an actor with screen presence 
finding a six foot four actor with screen presence who could do what Tom Cruise did in the movie. I'm not sure how easy that would have been, especially oh, if it would not have been easy. Yeah. So again, I have no attachment to the character, but <clears throat> I would much rather take someone who can give the, the, the character performance as opposed to the physical one. Oh, right. And there is a, there's a great quote. Uh, that he delivered later that I want that I want to bring up. Uh, all right, so we want to throw up the spoiler flag now. Yeah, sounds good to me. Yeah, we're going to so discuss everything and anything, critique, review, dissect. So yeah, obviously, uh, if you haven't seen the film, uh, we are going to spoil it because this is not more than just a review podcast. It's also um, a discussion podcast. And uh, that's what we, we try to do best here at Dark Discussions Network on cinema a la carte. All right. Sounds good. So it's uh spoilers up, Eric. What do we want All to discuss? Right. Where do we cool. want to go? Uh, so the line delivery that I love in this movie is when he's on the phone with the bad guy and he says, you think I'm a hero? I'm not a hero. I'm a drifter with nothing to lose. Now you killed that girl to put me in a frame. I mean to beat you to death and drink your blood from a boot. <laughs> I almost cheered out loud in the movie theater when he delivered that line. I was just like, yeah. That was was when he kidnapped, right? That's when he was on the payphone with the bad guy. Yeah, yeah, right, right. And Pike was, Rosamund Pike was was already kidnapped at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and this, this movie does so many reversals where it goes differently than what you necessarily would have expected. And this is a good example of it where he's like, has him on the phone and he was like, all right, you're going to show up here. If you want to ever see her live, hello? <laughs> he's like, hello? <laughs> right. He's, he he's like, up. here's how it's going to work. He's like, no, no. I'm going to tell you how it's going to work. <laughs> Which I yeah. suppose is the one drawback to the film, is that there is no point, really, any place in this movie where I really feel like he's out of control. Well, actually, maybe at the end, uh, there's some moments where, but, where he's out of control, right? Where somebody else is got the upper hand, got the upper hand on him. Mm-hmm. He's right. always smarter than whoever's in the room. Mm-hmm. And we see very early on, uh, I think with the, was it the bar fight scene is the first time we see him fight. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. He's you good know, that. yeah, that, that he's going to be a, despite, you know, his physical size, he's going to be a, a match more than a match for anybody else. He comes up, comes up against. So yeah, I mean, even with like James Bond films, which we all know Bond has to live to the next movie. <laughs> right. So the, there's really not much of an illusion of him being in danger, mm-hmm. but you still have, you know, henchmen who are stronger than he is. He still ends up captured and, having a laser slicing his dick in half or whatever, you know, there, there are, there are still moments in those movies where you're like, Oh shit, he's in trouble. Mm-hmm. And I never really get the sense that Tom Cruise is ever at any point in trouble in this movie. No, no, he's not. But, yeah. he's but Jack Reacher is just that good. Well, well, that, that that's, the, that's the reason why I, I don't really read um, those type of novels where, you know, the, the series novels where the main character, um, it goes from book to book to book to book because you know the, that character is never in trouble, mm-hmm. and and since I and even though uh, I, I knew of 
kind of sort of the character and Lee Childer's books. I, I didn't know too much about it. So watching it on screen, my first introduction to the character, it didn't didn't bother me. Uh, though I, I do see Mike's point because yeah, he he seemed like a superhero character in a sense where right. I mean, you know, he's going to win anyway because he's he's a skilled uh, military, you know, fighter and all this other mm-hmm. stuff. But, but um, yeah, there there was no scenes where I, I was expecting him to be that in danger. I mean, but, I was, oh, as a as a plot but, setup, yeah. But I was going to say the thing is, he does it so well, and it's done in such a fun way. Right, that even though I know he's not in danger, I'm just looking forward to watching him beating the crap out of somebody. And how is he going to beat the crap out of him this time? <laughs> right, right. How's he going to embarrass this poor son of a bitch? Right. Uh. <laughs> right. right. Well, well, and another thing that was cool about the movie too is that he's ahead of us because you know a lot of books I read or movies I see, we already know what's going on. Well, when, when the girl Sandy comes up to him at the bar. I, I just assumed that it was some hot chick that thought he was a good-looking guy. But mm. he knew before us, the audience, that it was a setup. Right. You know, because other movies and other books I've read, we see the, the setup happen in advance, and then right. Sandy approaches, you know. And, and they didn't do that, which I thought was, was good. Because I still wasn't sure that it was a setup until later like 15 to 20 minutes later when, when he says that this girl sandy uh you know was linked to these people and whatever whatever and and then it's like oh look you know kid and there you go that's pretty that was pretty ingenious i felt <laughs> yeah jack Reacher's a smart dude right uh, and, so- and even that they explain that he knows because she's surprised when he gives her his fake name exactly right. she's expecting right. him to say he's jack reacher and he says something else and that's he how he knew something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was a New York Yankee second baseman. You're from the 1930s or something. Yeah. <laughs> Which is just such a weird thing. Why would you limit yourself? I understand like you want a ready name to grab. So I could understand. Okay. I'm just going to grab an obscure Yankees player or obscure. It's a tradition. You know. But why is, but why limit yourself to just why the not? second baseman? Well, that's, that's true. Well, at least he didn't choose Joe Gordon. Right. Oh I mean, or, or Billy Martin. You know, so so, so the plot set up is <laughs> Eric's getting annoyed about the baseball talk. <laughs> the plot set up is that there's this guy uh, at the beginning of the movie, and probably one of the reasons they pushed back the release of this movie uh, is basically the first thing you see in this movie is a sniper uh, taking out uh, five people, and you see the through the scope view of him. Uh, checking out who's walking around and who he's going to shoot. And then you see it all happen. Um, and then very quickly, they, uh, all the evidence points to this one guy who ends up, uh, getting ca- caught and they're trying to get him to confess. Cause apparently the DA in this, uh, area who's played by Richard Jenkins, uh, never loses and basically just gives people a choice, either confess and serve life or will make you take the death penalty. Uh, so uh, instead of confessing, he writes, get Jack Reacher. And uh, that's when Jack Reacher comes in and starts to investigate and ultimately finds out uh, that this guy was framed. And the reason that this dude knows Jack Reacher's name is because they used to be in the army together 
and uh, Jack Reacher actually investigated him uh, for shooting some people uh, without authorization uh, over in the Middle East. Uh, but instead of uh, getting convicted, uh, the army didn't want to be embarrassed, so they just shut the whole thing down, and he got off scot-free. Right, it's because the the people that he shot turned out to be people that were being investigated for uh, rape. Yes. And so it was like a, the army decided to just, yeah, cover the whole thing up because the four people that got killed were rapists or accused rapists, and the guy that shot him obviously was a psychopath, but at least it was rapists he killed and not just innocent people. <laughs> so it's like, let's just shut the whole thing down. And Yay. Yeah, and Jack Reacher wasn't too happy about it, but you know. One of my favorite moments in the movie though is at the at the very beginning when uh Richard Jenkins uh when when Roden and Emerson are talking to each other in the office and they're talking about they're laying out the whole thing I said before about how Jack Reacher is off the grid and untouchable and blah 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 blah. And and they're like, Well then how the hell do we funny. get a hold of this guy? And then the secretary walks in and goes, There's a Jack Reacher here to see you? <laughs> And they both awesome. just look at each other like, what the fuck? <laughs> right. so, so Emerson is uh, the detective yeah. and uh, Jenkins is the DA. And uh, uh, as as we saw Eric and Nat uh, defending Jacob, it's kind of similar to that, right? Where, where the, the, the woman cop and um, the, the father, DA, would, would investigate together everything. And that's what, what I kind of... Well, yeah, I was just using an analogy with that defending Jacob TV show. You remember? Oh, sorry. It took a second for me to pull it yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I guess the show was pretty forgettable. <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, um, Chris Evans' character and, and the, the chick from Upgrade, mm. um, one was detective and one was the DA, and they, they went off and did all the stuff together. And that's kind of what, what is here is that, that this the police department in this city, Pittsburgh, and the DA are work together rather than fight each other like we see in cities like Chicago and, and, and Atlanta where the cops and the, and the, the DAs hate each other. Um, here, it's, it's more traditional where they work together. And, mm-hmm. um, and I thought that was um, – uh, a, a, a interesting dynamic um, because they they have a th- uh, th- the twist going in this one here where where there's a leak possibly going out and and at one point Jack Reacher even mentions that he thinks it's maybe one of them the DA or mm-hmm. the lead detective and the film and it's not good because the defense attorney for the guy that the DA is trying to take down who did the supposedly is being framed for the, the murders is being defended by his daughter. And so throughout the movie, they're hinting that maybe the DA is dirty. And the thing is, is it a red herring or not? And that's what we will find out, you know, as we get into the film, if, if it is mm-hmm. a red herring, if it's someone else. And it turns out it, it, it may, it is somebody else. It actually turns out to be a pretty cool conspiracy theory. Yeah, yeah, I, I I think so too. Actually, that's um, just a theory. It's an actual conspiracy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I I did think they they pushed Jenkins' character too a little too much though, and I I, I kind of knew it wasn't him because they were trying to point it 
that way. I felt mm-hmm. a little little too much. And so I kind of halfway through the film dropped off and said, All right, it's not him. It's going to be someone else. But when the other person that it is, I was still shocked because I was not expecting that person. So mm-hmm. the movie did trick me, but tricked me in a different way. They were trying to trick me to think it was Jenkins' character, and that didn't work. But the character it turned out to be was the character that I was shocked that it was. Okay. That sense, that's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about you, Mike? What, what did you think of that twist and, and the conspiracy and all this other stuff? Yeah, I wasn't expecting it to be who it was. The conspiracy, I was, you know, I wasn't entirely sure the conspiracy it was basically, and this man scheme as a business business wants to do um like i i didn't so i didn't really quite grasp his the the, the grand thing of why he was doing it i just knew yeah, we'll, we'll have to talk about what why he was doing it but go on continue but but I, but it doesn't really matter i you know i i don't know if the, i swear i've seen this the idea before uh of the five shooters the five victims mm. of um I, I, but I could also be misremembering, but it is still a sound strategy. I mean, if you do want to murder somebody, it does make sense to make it a know, spree killing, <laughs> make it a spree killing or, you know, the mix it up with a, you know, kill him like a serial killer victim. So we just kind of blends in the background. <laughs> right. Um, so, yeah, I did think that was it. I wasn't expecting the person who was involved to be the person who was involved. And I'm curious, since Eric watched the commentary track, I got a sense of the character had specific echoes of a another character from a more, from a very famous film. But I, I'm since I guess we're not spoiling, I don't want to get into it right no, now. No, we're we throw the spoiler flag. Okay, yeah. so we it's the so it's the detective that's in it, and yeah, honestly, um, Emerson really gave off to me a vibe. Why? But a, a very much a, a Sydney Poitier in the Heat of the Night kind of vibe. Um, okay. As you know, the police detective, and um, he does get you know it starts out with all this you know Tom Cruise giving him. Well, he's doing a rather crack up job catching the catching the bad guy and Tom Cruise commenting on how awesome a job he did on catching the bad guy and how clean mm-hmm. all the evidence was, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I think they do a lot of things to completely throw you off the, the scent. Mm-hmm. Um, he does not in any way act like the sinister guy. I did think that the father doing it. You know, they, 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 they do kind of use him as a red herring because they mention how uh, the daughter believes he's probably put innocent men on death row. And, uh, well, so, and so they, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, and, and, and just you know, and the acrimonious relationship between the father and the daughter. So he's really sort of being set up to be the scumbag. Well, and and they didn't mention anything about uh, being inspired by another movie. Uh, however, they were intentionally trying to misdirect you, uh, and and some of the things they pointed out that they did, like maybe you'd notice if you were really paying attention, but probably not. Like for instance, uh, at the beginning of the movie, when the, sh- the when the shooting's about to take place, we see the shooter uh, put a quarter into a meter, and he's wearing rubber gloves on his hand, right? And yes. then later, when Jack Reacher is checking out the crime scene, he's trying to envision it. And uh, the guy who got 
got framed for the, for these shootings, um, we see at one point he's got a very distinctive bruise on his thumb. And uh, when Reacher is checking everything out, they show that shot of a quarter getting put into the meter again, but this time it's that guy's thumb with a distinctive bruise on it because it's what Reacher is assuming and it's what he's envisioning in his head. Um, so it, I, I thought that was kind of interesting that they kind of changed that up to uh, indicate Reacher's biases. Yeah, no, that, that, that's that's a fair assessment too. Uh, I, I didn't think of it uh, myself when I was watching it, but yeah, that's a good catch. Um, well, I didn't catch it. They they told me it in the well, commentary. <laughs> right. Well, okay, that, there you go. That, that, that makes it, that makes more sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see what else. Uh, the 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 Duvall character. Um, he plays a huge part. The second half of the film, and I forgot how big his part was because I'd seen the film right. like in 2014, 2015, and, and then hadn't rewatched it until yesterday. And uh, I was surprised how big his role was, which and his character uh, was really awesome and and added to the some of the comic relief. Um, and then Pike, I, I remembered her as a standout um, from you know five years ago, and and sure enough, uh, she was again here too, uh, rewatching it. Um, and uh, I, f- I felt the, the supporting cast was pretty solid too, because and I hadn't Werner, seen many Werner of these. Herzog was sufficiently creepy. Oh my god! <laughs> well, he, you know what's interesting about Werner, Werner Herzog is he kind of is anyway. I mean, right? I've watched I watched his his documentary about death row American prisoners on death row, and he interviews like you know ten of them or something in two seasons and stuff. And even in them, he's just. He's just a strange guy. <laughs> yeah, it's the German thing. Uh, yeah. Well, here he's a German. Uh, actually, supposed to be. Oh, it's Soviet. Yeah, Russian. Soviet, or at least he was spent time in a. Uh, yeah, gulag. In a gulag. Yeah, um, yeah. He's, he's got. He's got one eye clouded over from cataracts, and he's gnawed off like eight of his fingers. Uh, <laughs> so, so let me ask you this: There's that one scene. Where where the henchman is done bad, and he's in trouble with uh, with uh, what's this guy's name? The character's name. He's got a cool name. Oh, uh, uh, oh Zek. Prison man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Which, which means gulag or something in Russian. It means, it means prisoner. Yeah. Prisoner. Um. So he <laughs> he comes up to this guy and tells him the story about how when he was freezing in prison in Siberia he not off his his gangrenous fingers before it could uh, uh before they could fester or whatnot and so he tells the guy and then he goes right. off the other hand's fingers so he doesn't have to work in the sulfur mines so, so he's like so okay i'll give you a chance to survive just do what i did chew off three of your fingers go <laughs> the guy's like uh uh, do you do you have a knife? He goes, "Did I have a knife?" <laughs> like so, uh, so you guys, I'm asking you, if somebody had a gun to your head and said, "Chew all three of your fingers, or I'll shoot you," do you think you can do it? Because I'm not sure I could. I don't know. That's a tough one. I mean, I'm not big on raw meat to begin with. Uh... <laughs> 
Well, he didn't say you had to eat it. He, no, I mean, but he, he, he chew had to chew the you finger off. bite into it and chew a bit. Yeah, yeah. You're going to get blood in your mouth. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. I, I, I felt bad for that sorry bastard. Well, <laughs> I don't think your, I'd be able to do it either. You choose your friends, right? I mean, it's his own fault. <laughs> so, you know, but yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty bad. Yeah, he fought, he screwed. Uh, well, yeah, he screwed up because he hired people and he shouldn't have done it and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, that was that was a tough one. That that was that was. I actually had to cover my eyes last night when I was watching the film. Why? Because of that scene. Because I forgot if he did it or not, and I didn't want to oh, see okay. someone his fingers off. He I tried. Can't, can't watch it. He tried. He, he got halfway through one and couldn't do it. Yeah. Yeah, it was not good. Oh, man. I'm just not... I'm looking at quotes here on IMDb, and man, there's some great it's in this movie the 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 scene where where Sandy approaches him in the bar. <laughs> he says, "You're old enough to drink." She goes, "I'm old enough to do a lot of things." And she, he says, "I'm on a budget, Sandy." <laughs> she says, "What?" He says, "I can't afford you." She says, "I'm not a hooker." And he says, "Oh, then I really can't afford you." <laughs> what I mean is, the cheapest woman tends to be the one you pay for. She says, I'm not a hooker. He goes, well, a hooker would get the joke. <laughs> See, and, and this this is where I, I was, why I was so shocked at that whole scene, because I, I couldn't believe he was being rude to her. And <laughs> and, the, and and then, you know, 15 minutes later, you find out it was like, oh, it was all a setup. And then yeah. Jeb comes up and goes, what's this? Jeb goes, he called me a whore. He says, is that true? He goes, well, nobody said whore. She inferred hooker, but I meant slut. Yes. <laughs> and then one of them says, hey, that's our sister. And he goes, is she a good kisser? <laughs> that, was, that was good, yeah. Oh, priceless. Yeah, I wrote down the, not the, the is she a good kisser line, but the, which, because that was easy to remember, but the, and but I meant slut. Then, but. <laughs> Such good writing. Uh, and they do kind of redeem the character afterwards, which was nice. Um, well, and then she dies, which is sad. Yeah, well, yes. kind of. she was still a slut. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> but she was a slut with a heart of gold. Mm. Or bronze. I don't know. She was young and stupid, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much what it was. Yeah, young and stupid. Oh, <laughs> man. Yeah, so yeah, the way this whole thing goes down, just just like I like, uh, there's a scene in uh, Helen's office uh, where Jack Reacher. Uh, Helen is is, uh, is the lawyer. Yeah. yeah. Um. So he's trying to lay everything out for her, and I, I love that scene. The way it all goes down. <laughs> Where she, where he's leading her down the path, and she starts to realize everything. I thought that scene was really well done, where she's like calling in the license plate and everything. Oh, that, oh my god, yeah, and the whole that was a great scene because while she's calling it in, the bad guys have their own people that are watching the whole, you know, computer network stuff, and they say, "Hey, we just got called in." Our, you know, and and so it went from from 
Tom Cruise to Rosamund Pike to the assassin to Zach, Zeke or Zach. The Zach. And, yeah, to Zach. And then and stuff. Yeah. So it was it was kind of cool how that whole scene went down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because because the bad guys were right on top of everything as well. So they're listening to police radios and and have inside information and and all the, well, actually they had Emerson, which we didn't know at the time yet. And and so Emerson said, yeah, they just just uh, looked up your your um, license plate, so they're mm-hmm. on you. And mm-hmm. it's like fuck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that that was pretty solid. That was that was an awesome scene. Yeah. That was he did, and he had he did tell her not to do it, right? No, he, he told her. To, did he tell her to do it? Oh, he I said that they're gonna. He said no, he he told her to call it in. Oh, I yeah. thought he said don't look at it because you're going to be alone and they're going to be looking. You know, you're going to going to. When she was looking up the business stuff, or is that something? Am I thinking the, of the oh, oh, that that was the next. That was the scene later when he right, says okay. your father or Emerson are the leak. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, that, that was that was like uh, fifteen minutes later or so. Mm-hmm. Because what happens is um, Sandy is killed, and then he calls her because he because Emerson and all them after him thinking he, he killed her, mm-hmm. or at least Emerson's pretending he thinks that, and he says, calls her up and they said yeah they're after you whatever, and he goes, well the only people that knew that I was in town was it you. Emerson and your father. Mm-hmm. So someone's a leak and it's probably one of those, the other two basically. And, and sure enough, it, it's Emerson the whole time. Yeah. And right. she actually even get figures it out too, because even though we're being told or, or at least they're trying to point us into the direction to think it's her father. When Emerson enters the elevator, she knows at the same time we know and then right. like yeah and so so she figures it out too because she she even though she and her father aren't getting along and they're on opposite sides they they know each other well enough to know that you know he she knows that her father's not going to be the scumbag so at least at least that way so so yeah it it, it had to be emerson at, at that point and even though that's it still surprised me it, it i i didn't know it was emerson until the moment she knew it was emerson mm-hmm. uh, it, well, since there were only two yeah. other people in that corner of the world that we had met it had to be one of the two because it couldn't be like the assistant da or something <laughs> You know, or or the, right, that's right. that's next in command in the in the investigation. It had to be one of those two people. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's that's a fair point. Yeah, and yet and yet they they still had had me shocked that it was still Emerson when it when we find out it's Emerson. And and that's pretty good uh, screenwriting right there, and and acting too to to pull it off. Because yes. right, in theory, you're right, Mike. Because if if it ain't Jenkins, it has to be Emerson. And yet we're still shocked that it's Emerson. You know? Well, and the actor plays it well, right? He plays it and there, as, as this straight cop. And there are some actors and some directors, like they don't want the actor to know. Some actors say, I don't want to know. And there's some directors who don't want to let the actor know that there's a twist coming up or, no, they're really the bad guy because they're some foreman. Right. right. And, 
you know, I I'm, I'm I don't know what the case was with this particular actor, um, but yeah, I don't think he gives anything away other than the earnest cop, you know, for the first ninety minutes of the movie. Mm. Right. Yeah. Now, um, what about um, Tom? Oh, I should say Jack reaches um, investigating ability because I, I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, obviously, Lee Child wrote wrote a pretty solid book, and McQuarrie was able to get it into the movie well. But Jack Reacher coming out saying, "All right, the first thing we should do is look at the five victims and 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 see who they are and what what it's about." And of course, uh, Roseman Pike's character Helen says, "Yeah, but." this was a random spree killing and he goes, I'm not so sure because why would the guy call me? Mm -hmm. So let's look into the, the five victims and then they go through little stories and they find out that, okay, one couple, one guy, one of the victims and, or I should say two of the victims were, were a cheating couple and, and, you know, they just, he discovers that, but it has nothing to do with, with why they were chosen. It was just, they were still just randomly chosen. But eventually he, he points out that, okay, it's, it's the, the realtor, the, the construction woman, the woman that owns the construction company. Right. She's the, she was the real target, and the other mm -hmm. four, four people were just random, you know, bad luck that they were there at that time. That they mm -hmm. were, you know, otherwise it would have been four other people if they weren't there. Um, well, what I like is the way they, they do, they go through all five victims. So, so first of all, that's nice in regards of, um, of just reminding you that in the real world, when there's a mega corporate, corporate conspiracy like this, <laughs> that the victims are real people, right? They're not just faceless right. NPCs, which of course is what they really are in the movie. Um, but it does home, uh, bring home the, 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 the real impact of, of that kind of violence. Uh, and we do get to see, visit the home of one of the victims later, uh, which is also, I think, a very effective scene. Uh, right. But he then is able to go through and take everything she gives him and sort of take it and turn it around. And, you know, pulls like the Dan Aykroyd, Jane, you ignorant slut. Here's <laughs> here's what's really going on. You know, so actually, actually that's that's from the office, too. Right, uh, Eric? Uh, it didn't originate there, no. Oh, really? They stole I, it. Uh, oh, they did? Mm -hmm. I was wondering where they got where, what movie is that from then from Dan Aykroyd? It, it's he, from Saturday Night Live. It used to be yeah. on the on the the, the, the weekend anchor desk. Okay, Jane, sure. no, Jane no. Curtin would say something. Would give her editorial, and then we'd cut to Dan Aykroyd, and he'd just say, oh, Jane, yeah. you ignorant slut. That's right. I remember that now. Yeah, yeah, all right. Um, about that. And, yeah. and so Tom Cruise kind of pulls that, and he says, nobody's buying roses for his wife first thing in the morning. he buy them when he goes home, mm -hmm. you know? And this, by the way, dates it a little bit. You know, you're not – if the, the anniversary is that weekend, you know, you don't have to worry about your husband seeing the charge for the watch – on your credit card statement. Now, right. now, now you just log on. Yeah. Now, right. well, yeah, now you could do like my wife has set up, uh, cause she's been burned a couple of times where the second there's a charge of being, it immediately pops up on your phone. Right. Um, but I guess back in the dark ages of 2012, uh, <laughs> we weren't quite as advanced. We weren't quite right. Well, and right. let's be honest because that was still when, when smartphones were new. Mm -hmm. right. Um, Man, it's a man. We are old. 
Some of us are 50. Uh, yeah, it's a bit, but it's amazing how much of a paradigm shift that has been. Like cell phones were already kind of a paradigm shift to begin with. The idea you can contact anybody wherever they are and ruin. But, yeah. but just now the, the the amount of stuff that, that we, we rely on them for. But yeah, so this would have, so he says this, so that doesn't make any sense. Nowadays that might have stymied him a little bit. Um. You know, but then, so he says, okay, so there's a connection between two people. So they're not just there randomly, you know, and it, that is a red herring. It has nothing to do with the rest of the case. Mm-hmm. Right. But he does say, so we have to look at the others and see what the story is there. Right, right. And then we find out one is a, a, a nanny or a per or something like that. And then, and she wasn't even supposed to be there. She was supposed to be on vacation, but the girl I'm that she was watching. here today. That's right, exactly. Uh, but she was there because it was the girl's seventh birthday, and she didn't want her to leave until after the birthday, and so she gets taken out. And then the cleaning and woman it's good to know was that the seven-year-old girl will grow up with a complex over that. You're absolutely yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. She's ruined. Yeah. And then the uh, cleaning woman was at the there just to buy ballpark tickets. Uh, you know, the PNC park. Her to, son, right? For her son, and so you know, and and then of course the the woman. Constru- uh, that owned the construction company. She w- didn't even want the company and was supposed to sell it. But when her husband passed away, she decided to fight for his company because it was his dream. Mm-hmm. And and so she was at the bank, head into the bank to do something uh, and or something, and she gets taken out. But she was the target, and we didn't know. We weren't sure yet until a little later in the film. Right. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, and Jack, that, had Jack Reacher not shown up, they probably would have successfully swept the whole thing under the rug. Uh, it's it's only because he's so goddamn clever that he figured it out. Right, right. Well, that's always the thing about these is that not only are these crimes like usually ridiculously convoluted, but it just so happens that Agatha Christie stumbles on them at that. At just that, they never stumble on the easy crimes. Hey. You know, he doesn't come in and say, "Nope, you got him. He did it totally. It is exactly what it looks like." Mm-hmm. Um, right. Well, which, well is, was, which is why you always get you get people sometimes who buy into these conspiracies. Well, isn't it just too convenient that the murderer's fingerprints were on the knife? No, no, that's kind of how it works most of the time. <laughs> <you know? laughs> right. Well, well, this one was was the quarter, right? Well, right. That quarter, was whatever. I'm just saying. Yeah. Thing at the end was that nobody would have thought to dump the meter and and look for prints on the coins. Right, right. Well, well, and you know what the thing is? Yeah. So Jack Reach knew right away. He goes, "That's bullshit. There's no way he would have put a quarter if he's going to be sh- sharpshooting people." Um, and also the location where he was sharpshooting didn't make sense, especially since I know how good of a sharpshooter he was. Well, that, he, he's not as good as he's good, but he's not. He's trained. Back- He's trained. He knows better. Trained, but he's not that good. Right. They, they, see, I actually could buy the meter because some people, when they commit crimes, well, that's just what Emerson do says. just do weird shit. I mean, they just do. That's um, what Emerson says. Emerson says, yeah. "Well, maybe it was just a happenstance. You know, it's, he just did it for the hell of it because he always puts quarters in the thing and it didn't even think of it." But uh, like the guys who blew up in '92 or '93, who first tried to blow up the World Trade Center mm-hmm. with the van yeah. in the basement. Yeah. And then they went back to get the deposit from the van. <laughs> I mean, just... Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. 
<laughs> That's pretty fucking stupid. Yeah. Oh boy. Oh well. Uh, the, also, we got to remember one thing about this crime here. Even though it was well planned and also, as you said, Mike, somewhat convoluted. The the one key was Emerson was there the whole time to point it in a certain direction. Well, and they they were specifically framing Bar, right? Yeah, uh, because they they somehow knew about what had happened while he was in the army uh, about him killing those people, uh, and they were not trained as snipers are actually trained, and that's why, as you know, uh, Reacher shows up and goes, "Well, that's not the way he'd do it. He'd go on the bridge because the sun's behind him, and you can just right. stay in the van and not worry about casings and just drive away." Uh, yep. way easier than doing it in a parking garage. Uh, right. And then at the end of the movie, when that dude wakes up and they ask him how he would do it, he describes it exactly the way Reacher laid it out, which is not the way it happened. Kind of, I wouldn't say it proves his innocence, but it shows that like yeah. he wouldn't have done it that way. Right, right. It, yeah, it proves that that Jack Reach's um, opinion was spot on. Yeah. It's probably why that dude wrote his name down because he he knows that Jack Reacher would would know what the thing was going on. Right, right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, now the whole thing about um, following phone records and, and credit card records for the 150 miles for um, Bar, I thought that was pretty cool because originally they just did local, and he goes, "No, go go 100, 150 miles," and sure enough. Uh, even though Pittsburgh is, is basically right on the border with Ohio, um, mm-hmm. the the thing was is that it was like 50, 60 miles away in Ohio where he went and shot, mm-hmm. and and so that's what tra- that traces where Barr went and actually got cased by the bad guys, and they found out this guy, and they found you know, and they uh, here he is, he's he's, he's damaged goods. He's who knows if he has a criminal record. He has the the issue in the military, uh, and he's a sniper. Mm-hmm. Well, let's, let's let's use this guy as the fall guy. Right. Well, in the scene where uh, Reacher goes out to the shooting range and uh, actually starts doing some range shooting, um, they said that, uh, and this is this is actually one of the things that's kind of crazy about Tom Cruise is that apparently the dude just has an ability to pick up new skills very quickly. Uh, and they said that like he got trained in, in how to shoot a sniper rifle and the way he was uh, cycling the casings with a, with a sniper rifle uh, in that scene is, isn't easy to do. And it's exactly the way that actual snipers are trained to do it. So like a lot of people who, who have actually had that training uh, really appreciated that attention to detail. Because uh, apparently that was that was spot on. That is cool. The um, the thing about that scene too was uh, Robert Duvall. You know, he collected all the um, you know, the the best shooters, right? And, and he would put them on the wall. And then when Barr got arrested, he took down all of Barr's shootings. And he actually said Barr was the best shooter at the range, right? Mm-hmm. Did he say that? Even though. Screws knew that he was was an average military right. tar- target shooter or sniper anyway, and that was kind of interesting. And but so, did, did you did you figure out what that was? They explained it in the movie. 
Go ahead. So it was actually the other guy doing doing the shooting. Robert Duvall would make his scrawl on the target, then they'd go set it up, and, and the dude that actually did the sniping at the beginning of the movie was the one shooting those targets. Right. Okay, so he, he thought it was Barr, and it wasn't. Right. Right, because Barr Cause, got the... Because the guy setting up Barr tells Barr he'll get the credit for it, so Barr gets to be the, the big man on campus. That's right, that's right, yeah. Okay, I remember that now. I remember... Cru- yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and and so, uh, um, and, but and that was great too, because because that guy effed up everything. Because first of all, he, when you think about it, he effed up everything because he, sh- especially, well, he didn't eff it up until Cruz Jack Reacher got involved because he shot it in the wrong location where a sniper would never have shot from because of like you said the how the sun was, the angles, and all that other stuff, and then. He let himself get caught on camera at the location because they were that dumb to not know that the police would follow the or give a rat's ass about following the records of well, credit was, card. That, and, to be fair, that camera phone. that camera was hidden. Okay. Uh, in fact, uh, they had a conversation about it about uh, Jack Reacher saying, "You know, if they find out you have that camera there, they're going to kill you." <laughs> yeah. But and he says, and that's why he has the camera there because he's expecting one of them to kill him. Right. But yeah, right. Exactly. But but you would think every gun shop, especially in 2012 and going forward, would would have have cameras in, in the shop at all times, just like. Oh, uh, you think everybody right? carries two cell phones too? So. No, no, I don't. But I do think <laughs> that every every gun shop would would have every pawn shop, gun shop, bank, gas station. Pretty much everything had camera. I would just assume it would have, they would think it would have cameras. I mean, it's a gun shop. I mean, I may be wrong, but uh, yeah, but I think the, yeah. I think the difference is here is that there really is a a, a cold blooded killer on the premises who's using this, and so if he knows he's got footage of him on there, then he might come back and kill Robert Duvall. That's the main thing. Mm-hmm. You usually don't worry about it in the bank, right? So, so what? Why didn't they come back to take out Robert Duvall then? Because nothing had happened yet. Right. All right. And and there was, also, a, yeah, there, there was no there was no sign that they were investigating him. Right. Right. And you know what's interesting is that the FBI or or some or some federal agency never got involved. I felt that was a little odd because when it's that type of murder, even though it was dead to rights that it was Barr, you still think the FBI would have got involved and at least why track. Because of the type of murder, I guess. I that know. has nothing to do with when the FBI gets involved. If if the if the, lo- if the local if the local authorities caught the killer immediately, why would they get involved? The shooting in the uh, in Vegas a couple of years ago, where there were like mm-hmm. fifty people killed. Yep. Um, yep. I, I do think they tend to get involved, but you know, this was such an open and shut case. It was just a, it was right. just a nut shooter who killed five people. You know, and that's not necessarily that big a deal. It was over very quickly, right? There was no, you know, it wasn't like a school shooting or the one in Vegas where it was going on for a while and a prolonged media exposure. And so you've got a public spotlight on it. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, uh, isn't, isn't the FBI supposed to, supposed to leave it to local jurisdiction unless the local jurisdiction can't get it done? I thought that's how that right. was. Right, or, or if it kind of, sort of, but it's also right. like if you if you have reason to suspect the local jurisdiction 
um, you know, like we've seen with some of these uh, uh, crimes with police officers when you can't necessarily okay. trust the yeah, police. Yeah, yeah, all right. Um, well, but I don't... also, also stuff like like the jurisdictions can't don't usually talk with each other. Well, if the, well, if the FBI got involved, they could have gone into Ohio. Well, and, and that's why they them. usually they usually get involved with stuff that's that's across multiple states. Uh, but that's not what was going on here. Right. Anyway, right. Though, though some of the evidence, you could argue that some of the evidence was Ohio, right? I mean, that's where Duvall's character was out of. But, yeah, but yeah, they didn't yeah, know that yeah. before they, they didn't know it at the time. And then you can track the evidence across state lines. It's when the crime itself takes place across state lines where the FBI really gets involved. Mm-hmm. You know, so, he, right. you know, they didn't like like hands down, like if there, there, there weren't people killed on two sides of the border. Right. Right, right. That that is true. That's true. Yeah, it all took place in the city limits. So, so the states didn't even have to get involved. Right. So <laughs> I live right on a tri-state border. If I walk a mile across the state line yeah, and shoot somebody in Pennsylvania, yeah. it doesn't become an FBI case because I live in New York and I killed somebody in Pennsylvania. It's it's going to be the Pennsylvania police that deal with it. If I if I and I right. I don't even think even if I am then pursued a mile in the other direction and end up in Jersey. And then realize I'm in Jersey and just turn myself in rather than stay in Jersey. Um, you know, I still don't think the FBI gets involved because really the crime is still just a single state. Mm-hmm. But if I kill somebody in Pennsylvania and then go kill somebody in New Jersey and then come back and kill somebody in New York, I think that's where the FBI might get involved. Right. Sure, sure. I think. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, anybody who uh, is listening, uh, dark discussions at AOL.com and give us your opinions and feedback. <laughs> Um, Actually, just so, do it if you're from the FBI. Because <laughs> they would know. Because you're going to contact Eric anyway one of these days. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Um, so, uh, let's talk about the conspiracy itself. What is this conspiracy? Who wants to talk about it? What's uh, going well, on here? What, what, why? I mean, there's a big corporate shell. Uh, that owns a bunch of uh, local construction companies that always get to build stuff uh, that doesn't need building, and anybody who tries to get in their way gets eliminated. Um, so they make a shit ton of money. Right, right, and and so this woman was was kind of in their way, and so they wanted to take her out. Yeah, they wanted to, they wanted to buy that local construction company. So they could use it to do jobs and make money, and she didn't want to sell, so they took her out. Right. I now, what do you guys think of? Uh, she wouldn't sell. But there's no law well, prohibiting there yeah, being two I think my... construction companies. Right. They wanted to buy that construction company. All right. But anyway, I, I just didn't understand why it was necessary, but it's not really important to me to the to uh, to enjoy the film. So because it makes the paper trail harder to go through. All right. That that was um, a question that well, came also my, in my mind while I was watching that movie. If you're going to go for that right. far with that conspiracy, well, then who cares? She also was was planning this out, but then she she balked uh, after the husband died. And, right, and I think that. They were just mad of, at her. <laughs> Something. Now, now, 
what, what did you guys think of the, the villain? Because the villain is, is kind of, actually both villains are kind of like James Bond villains in a sense. Because, you know, it's not just some regular Joe living in some McMansion. It's some crazy Russian gulag guy and a, and a psychopath uh, sniper. Yeah, it's a rich, deformed white person, old white male, who owns a corporation and his henchman, right? And it's odd job or Jaws or <laughs> Nick. Um, yeah, I, the, honestly, the henchman, I didn't get a great impression of one way or another. He didn't leave much of a mark on me. And Herzog is Herzog. Herzog is just Freak. him. And if for some yeah. reason people don't know this, Her, Werner Herzog is a German director. Being this is a branch of the, the Dark Discussions podcast, uh, you know, you might know him from doing the... He's the one that did the remake of Nosferatu, right? That's correct. Or, or, or perhaps you prefer the adaptation of Nosferatu. Um... <laughs> Uh, he's also done that's <laughs> right, Mike. It's it's only an adaptation of the same material. It's not right. a remake. Oh, so it's uh, so it's uh, but he's also done some documentaries, as Phil said. If you are a nerd, you probably have watched The Mandalorian. He plays one of the characters on The Mandalorian, the guy who hires The Mandalorian uh, in the first episode, and it's in like two or three more episodes beyond that. Um, and it's really he once you hear his voice, that movie about that. Okay, continue. I was going to say, it's hard to mistake his voice once you hear it. Yeah, it's real creepy. Um, he also did that movie about the guy that got eaten by the bear. The documentary. Yeah. 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 I haven't watched yeah. that. I've been needing to get around to it. I, I just watched the last five minutes to see what the hell everybody was talking about. And I was mm. like, yeah, Man, he got some back. <laughs> because, yeah, yeah, because... He was. They they felt that he was kind of exploiting this guy, and and but the guy the guy was insane. I, I don't know. The whole thing was crazy. Yeah, grizzly man. What a fool. <laughs> oh, the bears are our friends. I'm gonna live with the bears. Oh, uh, so I'm looking uh, through trivia here, and I, 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 rest in peace. For it. it was still a terrible thing what happened to him. Anyway, so I'm looking at that anyway. trivia here, and apparently, uh, the Rock. Uh, who considers himself a fan of Jack Reacher uh, pursued the role in 2007. So he's yeah, big he, enough he for the role for been, sure. Yeah, he doesn't have to. He might be too big for the role. He might go the other way. <laughs> yeah, he, he could have been all right. I, I, yeah, I could have gone right. with him too. But, and but, then, uh, but uh, cruise rules, cruise rules. And this is uh, this is actually something they did mention on the on the commentary. It's also listed in trivia on IMDb here, which is that uh, after the the fight scene with those thugs from the bar, uh, the next day he goes looking for uh, the girl, and uh, she had mentioned that she works at the auto parts store. So Jack Reacher says, "Drop me at the auto parts store," and, and Helen says, "Which one?" He goes, "I don't know. What stands out in your mind is the auto parts store." And so she takes them and drops it off somewhere. And if you look, the name of the store is the Default Auto Parts. It's Default Auto Parts. That's kind of a funny little joke to. See. Yeah, I was trying to read it because they they, they had it like like they show the si the sign for the store like diagonal, uh -huh. so it was kind of hard yeah, to yeah. read. 
So I was trying to see if it was like some famous auto parts store. But no, after it was, that line, but it was default. And, it was like, and instead they made a joke out of it. That's kind of funny. E, I, I loved her her expression when when he asked. You know, the auto parts store. The, the... <laughs> the auto parts store. <laughs> yeah, and and she shrugs and, and and nods like, oh yeah, all right, I know. It's kind of funny. Mm. Uh, oh, and then she goes, how are you going to get back home? Uh, you know, now back then, I don't know if they had Ubers, but nowadays he's just saying, I got an Uber. But and it is. Pittsburgh, right? So he, he could have got a tech cab, but he goes, "Don't worry, I'll, I'll get a ride." And he, yep. he basically steals. The car. Well, it doesn't steal, but he he demands <laughs> to use the car, and, and the <laughs> car that he uses. A car. Well, then he does that yeah, again after the, after the scene in the house. Uh, the scene yeah. in the house was kind of crazy. Well, well, <laughs> well, no, I just wanted to say that the car that he takes from her is the car from the guy that was going to be forced to bite off his thumbs. Right, I think it was his. And he's not coming back. Um, yeah, he's not coming back. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, he gets that card. He goes to this dude's house, and he's he's looking around. And there's this lady when he walks up. And first of all, I thought it was kind of funny. He like grabs was that the registration he grabbed out of the glove compartment of the car? Yeah, <laughs> he that's exactly right. Yeah, he the, a, he, like, flashes it real quick. So he's like, "I got a warrant." Uh, but, uh, and she's pretending like she's whacked out on drugs, but then she calls, uh, his buddies to come, uh, while Reacher's looking around in the house and then, the, and the dudes show up and what you get is one of the craziest, funniest fight scenes, uh, where they come up, Jack Reacher's looking in the bathroom cause he's walking by and he notices that the shower curtain's been ripped off. Um, and so he kind of steps in the back bathroom to take a closer look. And then as he's backing out of the bathroom, these two guys come up and attack him. But the thing is that this bathroom is so small. These two guys are both trying to trying to get at Reacher who who fell into the bathtub. And they both just keep oh, on getting they, in each other's they, way. They clubbed them hard. <laughs> they, they, they're both getting in each other's way. And then the one dude just like says, Hey, I got it. And then he like goes to, goes to wind up with a bat and just totally bonks his partner in the head with it. Uh, it's like total three stooges stuff, but it works. That was actually the only scene that Jack Reacher was technically in danger. Right. I mean, because they got him from behind, they hit, hit him with a bat. Right. And then he's stuck in the bathtub, like defenseless for a little bit. Right. Well, that, yeah. and that was so funny that because, was, because, like, when when all of a sudden, done, like, finally, Reacher gains his capacities back, and he just like he's got his arm over his head, and he kind of looks up, like, "How have you guys not killed me yet?" <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, during the commentary, they were saying that that was actually the most dangerous stunt that Tom Cruise did in the movie, because basically. Um, he, when he was backing out of the bathroom, they had a little sandbag on the floor for him to know where to stop. Uh, and then the dude coming up with the baseball bat had to uh, hit his mark on the door frame with the bat, but couldn't be looking at it because then you can tell and the eye line's not right. So he had to be looking at Tom Cruise while he was trying to hit the door frame in a certain spot. Uh, and yeah, if, if he'd missed, he really could have fucked up Tom Cruise. And I so that was a real bat then as well. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. 
Yeah, that's that's great. And and as we know, Tom Cruise is doing his own st- stunts. It's not like they have a stunt man there. So, <laughs> right, yeah, right. That's crazy. <laughs> uh, yeah, that that was a pretty cool. Oh, and then the best scene was the follow up after he takes those guys out. The guy with the gun. And he gets he gets the drop on him and, and basically is like got the guy's finger trapped in the trigger guard and is like breaking his finger and the guy's screaming in pain and and basically oh yeah and those two thugs in the bathroom uh Jack Reacher basically knocks them both unconscious by beating their heads against each other. <laughs> so He's got the other dude with the gun, and he asks him a bunch of questions and then says, uh, where, where are your car keys? Uh, and then he brings out the car keys and gives them to Reacher, and Reacher goes, look at your buddies over there, pointing to the two guys that he just knocked unconscious by beating their heads against each other. <laughs> and he goes, do you ever want to see me again? And the guy's like, uh, no. And he goes, am I stealing your car? And he goes, Use it as long as you'd like. <laughs> That's a pretty funny line. Oh, yeah, it was, it was. And and the thing is, is that since the main guy, he's already gone because the Russians took him out. Um, these guys are just incompetent schmucks. They're, they're not like the real mob or anything. Right. It's not like like organized, not organized a bunch of crime. Local jokers is basically yeah. what they're. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. They're, they're no wealth of whites. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if the woman has, if they have crack pipes on their friggin' uh, front porch, uh-huh. you know, farmer's porch, they're, they're obviously not too too bright. <laughs> um, now, um, let's see, what do we want to talk about next? Um, what about Emerson? Um, what about you, Eric? You you never mentioned your thought. Did, did you think Emerson was that twist surprising to you too? Uh, the first time I saw it, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I I wasn't like, oh my, but you know, it was it was the twist, right, right, yeah. I mean, because honestly, after the whole M Night Shyamalan thing in the '90s, like the twists don't like actually surprise me ever. Well, <laughs> and every I'm just like, oh yeah, it's okay, it's a twist, whatever. But like everything, which I mentioned on another podcast. Uh, one of our podcasts recently every good story has a twist in it it's not necessarily a twist you know it's not you know the the blind side you out of nowhere oh my god it completely changes how i see the whole thing but like i mean how many times did you watch a police procedural show and you know oh look they arrested her in the first five minutes of the show we know she didn't do it you know it's 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 oh the biggest twist would be there's no twist right um that was uh there, there was the movie spoiler warning that we watched. Uh, I think we watched it. We did for the podcast a couple of years ago, uh, summer of 84. Yep, where, yeah. where, where kind of the twist is there is no twist that you're waiting. You're kind of waiting for the person that they think is a bad person to be revealed sort of to, to be a, 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 a good guy, sort of like the creepy old man in monster squad. <laughs> right, right, right. right. Or, 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 uh, from, what was that? Uh, Makoki, Culkin, Macaulay Culkin film, uh, the new crazy Home Alone? man next door. Home Alone, yeah, the crazy man next door is actually right. a good guy. So, and and in fact, in that film, the, the crazy old man really was the crazy old man. Um, it does have a, a twist that comes later, but it wasn't the one you're kind of expecting. 
um, you know, here, you know, you know that there's going to be some twisted because it's a conspiracy. There has to be some thing involved here. There's going to be some revelation somewhere and it's always got to be something personal. So it's got to involve somebody who is in the film, right? It's not going to be the state comptroller who we have never met. <laughs> if that suddenly gets arrested at the end of the movie uh, or shot. You know, James Bond is, you know, always conveniently the person trying to kill him is also going to be the person that's the main villain for the for the film. You know, it, it always kind of go, goes that way. But every film has to have a twist. Otherwise, it's not really much of a story. It's a story. It's just not a good story. Um, unless you're five years old. Um, but, yeah, it's not like a it's not a shocking reveal. You know, it's not. Um, it's not really a whodunit, right? Like, like an Agatha Christie murder mystery where the clues are there and you have to piece it together, right? There's no way somebody watching this movie outside of just guessing well is going to say, oh, I know exactly what this is all about. Right, right. right. Yeah. 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 But though, though, you know, it's funny is that even if they didn't have the police conspiracy or, or, or um, public official conspiracy it still was kind of a pretty good plan because it looked like a spree killer just wiped out five people mm -hmm. crazy and and he was already dead to rights so even if the cop was never dirty they still could have had a, a good a good film going where jack reacher is, is trying to solve the 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 truth without the twist where the cop was a bad guy. Oh yeah, but there, but every one of these has a twist. Always does. Right. You know, there's. Yeah, so yeah, it, sure. it was coming. It was just question. That's, just that's what why exactly I'm saying that, that I didn't predict what the twist was, but it didn't surprise me that it was there. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Right. Right. And and you know, there's a couple of things like like when they find Sandy's body at the dumpster behind the the motel. Obviously, she was moved. Um, but again, it doesn't matter because Emerson was working for the bad guys right off the bat. So they, he immediately said, Cruz, Jack reaches the guilty party and everybody was going to believe it. So I thought that was, that was helpful to have the, the inside conspiracy going anyway. Well, and to be fair, that's kind of part of the character. Uh, I mean, uh, Tom Cruise did a little bit in this movie, but in the in the books he does it a fair good. He he does not ingratiate himself to anybody. Like there's 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 never a cop that's happy that he's around investigating things. Uh, he generally antagonizes people, <laughs> particularly those in law enforcement. So yeah, they they don't like him. Right, right. Yeah, no, basically true. he's smarter than them, and he lets them know it. Sure, sure. Yeah, now uh, we were talking about Tom Cruise being 5'7". Uh, I mean, 5'6". He's actually he's supposed to be 5'7". Uh, he's 5'7". But Rose, yeah. well, Roseman Pike is, is actually a tall woman, 5'9". And, you know, she wheels heels a lot in the film. And yet, Tom Cruise is always standing over by two to three inches. So, yeah, you know, I, he's on I, the I noticed one scene in particular when they're in his room at the hotel. He's, like, standing yep, yep. in the doorway. And he, he seriously looks like he's, like, a foot taller than her. I was like, ah, I bet right. he's standing on a box right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then there's the scene where they're in like the courthouse, uh, the big white 
he comes down the stairs or something, or and, and mm-hmm. he meets her down, and he and he's like three to four inches taller than her, and, right, and the whole right. thing like it's so obvious. Well, for me because well, I, and, I know. And what the thing is, they they've heights. gotten good enough at it now that it's not like obvious. Right. Uh, unless unless you like know about it and specifically look for it. Like the first time I watched yeah. it, this movie, I wasn't like, oh, ha ha, Tom Cruise is short and he doesn't look short. Uh, but, you know, on my fourth time through the movie, I'm like, oh, ha ha, Tom Cruise is short and he doesn't look short. Right, right, right. right. And, and if you notice, Rosemont Pike, a lot of times she's wearing like four inch heels. So she would be like six one in real in, in the movie. And, you know, and Tom Cruise is 5'6", six, or 5'6". Five, <laughs> so, yeah, he's on a big box. He's on a big box. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, but, I mean, this is nothing new. I mean, Arnold uh, no, it's Arnold, funny. Sylvester Stallone, you know, is he's, – he's, he's actually above average. He's just 5'10", but, you know, they were always putting him on boxes because he was standing box. against people who were actually taller than he is. Six, yeah, 6'2", six or something. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's funny. Yeah. No, no, they they all do it. They all do it. Yeah, yeah. A lot, a lot of these. Uh, I mean, it has been done as I mentioned. Like Alan Ladd, I think he was the first well-known actor to be, you know, the box. You know, everybody knew he was the box because you know he was when he was interviewed and met people in public, uh, you know, and all that. He was like five six. And, you know, and he's always like looks like six two in the films. You know, he's always taller than Veronica Lake and everybody, and it's just kind of funny. And so yeah, this has been done for years. It's it's just that. It's just funny, is all. I just felt, felt like talking about it. It's just kind of funny. Um, what else? So, oh, what did you think about the stare down between Emerson and Cruz with, with when Sandy was murdered? I, I actually didn't think Emerson would have thought it was Reacher. I, I mean, I don't know why. I mean, I, I do know why now, because Emerson was actually working for the bad guys, and obviously he wanted to frame Reacher. But I thought they would have... If... if well, you know what? I, I don't even know why I'm bringing it up, because Emerson was a bad guy, so that's the reason why he was trying to frame... <laughs> yeah, so it doesn't even matter. There you go. Answer your question. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, but so, the car chase. Uh, yeah, and that's when the car chase begins. That's when the car chase begins, and... Uh, there's, you know, awesome, you know, wrong way traffic driving and all that good stuff. Uh, but the way it ends is pretty, it's a three way race too. It's a three way. Yeah. He's chasing the bad guys and the cops are chasing him. Um, so yeah, Uh, but the way it ends, Mike is right. That's, that's, it's awesome because basically he, he's, he ends up like going slow in the car and sees a bus coming the other direction, basically just like gets out of the car and lets it keep rolling <laughs> and walks over to stand with the crowd at the, at the bus stop. And then, uh, there's a dude. Well, the standing... best part, the best part is the black guy who hands him his cap. Yeah. The black guy next to him realizes that the cops are after him and hands him his baseball cap. And does it so nonchalantly. doesn't look, he just <laughs> takes the cap off and passes it over <laughs> without change, without blinking, without a, you know, doesn't look glance over at him. Uh, and you know, given, right, right. Uh, give it, Given the last couple of months, it's even funnier. Um, I, I do kind of wonder, <laughs> yeah. like, nobody there was, like, pointing at Tom Cruise going, here's your serial killer. You don't know what the hell he was, you know, the cops wanted him for. It was just, just they well, just assume. It's just because it's the cops. Yeah. Right. Fuck the cops. Fuck well, that, that was a great line at the beginning when uh, Rosalind Pike's character says, well, whoever's following you must be the cops. And he goes, uh, he goes, there's three things about cops. One. They all vote Republican. Two, 
they they never use their own car, and three, they don't drive Cadillacs. And <laughs> and then the cop behind the the desk looks at him and and, and nods. Was yeah. yeah. <laughs> By the way, that that cop behind the desk is is uh, Lee Child, the author. Oh really? Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Oh, that's awesome. And how tall is he? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, Mike just sent uh, me and Eric a picture of uh, Tom Cruise next to three of uh, famous ladies, including uh, two of his uh, co-stars and his one of his ex-wives. And one of the co-stars is uh, Rosamund Pike. And yeah, he's, all, he's shorter than all of them. It's kind of funny. Yeah. Well, but I think in every one of those pictures, the women are wearing like four yeah, inch heels. heels. Yeah. So yeah, you know are. that that is kind of cheating. Yeah. Right. Well, and it looks like he's wearing like one inch heels himself meaning you know like not heels but those you know the boots with the that are like an inch thick so he gets mm-hmm. that extra inch. well if you actually look at the page i sent you because i just typed a search of tom cruise height it's a it's a web page for the company that makes tom cruise's shoes <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome oh yeah look at that uh, it is, yeah yeah I, I didn't look for that Camarita shoes that make you taller but you're right. They're they're all in four inch heels. All three women: Cameron Diaz, Rosamund Pike, and uh, uh, Katie Holmes. Tom Cruise is wearing and, three inch heels. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, he is actually probably is. Yeah, because all three of those women are tall too. They're all mm-hmm. all very tall women. So so even with their heels on, he's not that shorter than them here. So you're right. This this shoe company must have a nice good uh heel there my brother he's he's kind of a short guy too and he always used to wear cowboy boots and i gave him like an inch and a half or two inches oh my God. it's kind of funny yeah, it's so kind of funny <laughs> well i don't know if it's vain i think it's just no it's totally vain all right well that's what what do you mean it's not, i mean vain, just right? fucking deal with how tall you are who cares yeah, I guess. Uh, well, some people just, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's... A lot of people are totally shallow and vain. That's what I'm saying. Uh, uh, I don't yeah, know. I no, I'm right. I, would, I, don't I am right. I, don't I am correct. Yeah, well, you know, I'm having a... <laughs> uh, I've got a family member who's having, like, plastic surgery. Uh-huh. But she doesn't like her nose. It's like, there's nothing wrong with her nose. Right. Um, yeah, but... I wouldn't call that vain. It's just I what they want to do. If you, they if you do. artificially uh, inflate your height, that, that's vanity. All right. Well, the way you put it made it sound like it was evil or something. It's like, who cares? It's not a big deal. It's vanity. It is one of the sins. I guess. I, I mean... <laughs> I don't know why you're you're having such a hard time with this, Phil. Well, that's, then, then no one should get haircuts or shave. I mean, you, you never notice that Phil's actually wearing like six-inch heels every time we meet him. He's not really that tall. <laughs> that's right. And that's right. I'm not really legs. six. I'm not really six three. I, I, I wear six-inch heels. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Exactly. Uh, and some of our listeners may may, may be offended, Eric. I don't care. I we have an know. email. They can send an email. Send all hate mail to Eric. Yes, send me hate mail about being correct. Jeez. Anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, so... so I uh, speak the truth, motherfuckers! 
All right. So, uh, what else is good? Yeah. So, so that 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 uh, car chase was, was pretty solid, and I I did love yeah how the how uh, they covered up and didn't yeah. even care what, what he, he did. He's on the bus, and then the, the cops right next to him and doesn't see him. It's awesome. Oh yeah, yeah, it is awesome. It's kind of funny. And then he just hands the the hat back over to the to the guy after. Who's, so, who's like got this big smirk on his face? It's awesome. It is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and this was eight years ago, and and. And, uh, yeah, fuck the cops. Let's see. Uh, what else do we want to talk about? Anything else? Uh, what other scenes, things we've missed? Hmm. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Yeah, me neither. Me neither. I, I, do, I do like it, that fact that you brought up Lee Child. Did you find that out from the uh, commentary? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. And apparently that was that was Tom Cruise's idea. Yeah. Oh, really? That's awesome. He was like, hey, McCorey, what if we, there's a gag, just got got him to be like this this cop behind the desk. He's like, oh, that's a great idea. <laughs> and it is a great idea. It, it was an awesome idea. Tom Cruise was awesome to think of. Say, hey, dude, let's get the guy that wrote the source material. Get him in here. Yep. Give him his two, five, five minutes of fame, even though he's already famous well and i will say that tom cruise is um, i mean probably this is just a lot of just you know political saying what you're supposed to say but he does go out of his way to give his fellow actors in the movie uh their due during the commentary you know he's, ta- he's talking about how how good the other people in the movie are so that's nice of him yeah, yeah, that, that is that is cool. Uh, he's an actor's actor. He's uh, a friend to all. Yeah, I've, I've heard probably. he's actually uh, pretty good to work with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, Tom Cruise rules. Yeah, and you know, I I'm like you. Yeah, some somebody on uh, else on Facebook had posted a thing like, if you could get rid of one of the following actors. Or if you had to get rid of one oh, of the I following actors, who would yeah. it be? And one was Cruz, one was Pitt. Um, I can't remember who the other two were. And somebody had, guessed, you know, had said Cruz. I've never seen Tom Cruise in anything yeah, where he made, made a difference in the movie or him being out, not being in it wouldn't make it better. And I tried to point out to him, and he wasn't, because he's not a Cruise fan, he doesn't get it, is that you had to understand what he does behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. He does push very hard to make every movie he's in better you know he is very when he is a producer on a film he is very actively involved in it right and right. look there are certain actors just don't necessarily work for some people i am not like a mark Wahlberg fan i find him dull right. obviously some people love mark Wahlberg. that's okay that's fine and he doesn't work for me tom cruise may not work for you but when you say like mission impossible four five or six would have been just as good if someone else was there probably not i disagree <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. And it's not because Tom Cruise is the star of the film. Well, because you is. might be able to fight be able to get some it's because he got he put the, the director in place, he pushed to get, you know, the stunts done a certain way, you know, that Well, and plus his his own talent as well. And and then and then you put in his talent. But even so I'm saying even if his talent isn't working for you, you know, it may you could might be able to find another action star to insert in his place. But there's so many other sure. things that would not have happened if he wasn't the one that was there doing it. 
and the dude works his ass off. Like they were during this commentary on this movie, they were talking about how while they were shooting Jack Reacher, he was also working on um, Oblivion and trying to do press for Ghost Protocol. <laughs> right. So, so like, Ghost Protocol. Was that's that one of the Mission, Mission Impossible? Impossible movies. Yeah. yeah. That was the. Yeah. They, they stopped numbering them, I think, after four. I think the fifth one. They did. They did. Mission Impossible one, two, three, and then I get lost. Rogue Nation, Ghost Protocol, Tom Cruise runs away from shit. I don't remember what the other one was. Um, oh, is the last one. Yeah. yeah. All right. So. All right. Yeah. So so yeah, but I yeah I saw that too, and I forget who I think maybe Lacey Lou or someone posted it, but but either way. Yeah, I mean, Tom Cruise was the first one I eliminated. And Brad Pitt, yeah, I'm not eliminated, meaning I'm not taking him away. You know, right. and it was one I had no issue doing. But, but yeah, I mean, Cruise, no way. He's awesome. No, and Cruise isn't awesome. an idiot. He knows, you know, he's a smidgen older than, than Phil and I are. So he's in his early 50s. Mm-hmm. He still looks like he did when he was 16, but he's still in his early 50s. He Actually, can't do I don't this. know if that's true. Well, hang on. Uh, when was he born? He was born in '62. Yeah, right. so he's, he's, 58. he's 58 years old. 58, yeah. yeah. Right. He's so almost he's, 60. He he can only go so far with this, and and even with his sucking at the 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 fountain of youth, at some point he's going to have to stop. And when you stop making these movies, right. you stop making a shit ton of money. <laughs> right. Well, I'm pretty sure he's going to have some left over. Oh, he will. Right. Well, well, well. Any well when he's too. sixty-five years old, he's going to have to start doing the elder statesman dra- roles. Yeah, he's going to have to do drama role. He's going to have to do the Robert Duvall role. Well, here's right. the thing, though. I, 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 I still like. He's got the Top Gun Maverick thing happening. Uh, then Mission they've Impossible. announced Mission Impossible Seven and Eight. Um, then he's doing a SpaceX project, and apparently they're talking. They're doing a sequel to Live Die Repeat. Uh, which wasn't the original name of the first movie, and I'm really irritated that they renamed it that because that's a dumb title. Because the name of the sequel is Live, Die, Repeat, and Repeat, which is fucking stupid. <laughs> I don't think that's I don't think that's passing marketing. Um, it, it's on IMDb right now. That's all. I yeah, know. but I'm saying, but I mean, it's like you know, uh, In the Deep became The Shallows, which was uh-huh. literally the opposite. Um, <laughs> Um, but i think i i honestly think when he gets to the point where he can't do these roles he might just stop being in front of the camera and switch to being behind it Uh, i could see him doing a because uh, he was interested in like talking with mccrory on this commentary he, he was totally talking about uh what they were doing to make the scenes work and the camera angles and blah 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 and uh, McCory was telling him about his instincts as an actor. Like they were sometimes you're in a physical space where he can do things like uh, push in with a camera. Right. Uh, and other times uh, they're in a space where he can't do that. Like or the trailers on the construction site. Right. Um, so like crews would do things when they were there in the sits where they couldn't manipulate the camera to, to do this, essentially the same thing. Uh like at one point, apparently Tom like took a half a step towards the camera while he was saying something, and after the scene was over, Corey said to him, "Did you just act a push in?" 
And he was like, well, yeah, I, I guess I did. <laughs> so he's like got all this innate uh, instinct, well, and experience, to be frank, uh, about movie making. I, I think I would not be surprised to see him become a director. Yeah, I, I could see that. He could be a Clint Eastwood. I mean, unlike Clint Eastwood, Clint Eastwood was directing when he was when he was young uh, okay. as well. But But I think... Cruz, based off of his, like you said, his uh, knowledge of producing and acting and all this other stuff, I could see him, if he wanted to, uh, he could easily become a director with no issues. Um, I just, just don't know if he'd be satisfied with transitioning to boring roles. Right, right. Well, he still could do mysteries and thrillers and stuff. He just doesn't have to be the action hero. So they, they don't right. have to. Right. I'm, I'm saying I don't know if he'd be able to deal with that. Right. That's what you're saying. Yeah. 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 So we'll find right. out. Well, Clint was, right? He, he was able to do it. You know? True. So. Clint didn't do a lot of the shit like he did in the Mission Impossible movies, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. <sighs> yeah. yeah, Clint never learned how to fly a helicopter. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he did fly. He did fly, fly uh, Firefox. Though. Did he fly a plane? Really? Well, no. But he would put in the it, movie. Was, in the movie, he did. Well, yeah, but that's you know, like Tom Cruise actually flew flew the helicopter in the plane in the movies. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we're done here. Sure, sure. All right, all right. So um, let's give our. Uh, uh, final thoughts before we do that. Uh, Eric, you actually do another podcast with your buddy Dan. I do. It's a general interest podcast called the Scancy Podcast. That's spelled A-S-K-A-N-C-I-T-Y. You can find it wherever you got this one. And, uh, Mike, uh, me, you, and Eric, and a couple other co-hosts do another podcast? You gotta be more specific. <laughs> me, you, Mike, Abe, and Chrissy do another podcast? Yes, we do the Dark Discussions podcast, your source uh, for uh, horror film fiction and all that is fantastic. It is a weekly podcast which for which we just recorded episode freaking 450. Um, we have been doing it since 2011, and we mostly do uh, recent releases, but in this particular case, we did... Uh, as for our 450th uh, episode, we did uh, An American Werewolf in London, which was a fan vote. 39 years old. I'm 11 years older than that movie. All right. Which makes sense, because it was I was 11 when it came out. See how that works? Man, what, yes. what a coincidence. It probably won't be like that next year. Indeed. Uh, and uh, Mike, me, you, and uh, Barrett and Kevin are doing a, a podcast on a TV show. Yeah, on the opposite end, you have a travel guide to Lovecraft Country, which is a whole three episodes old as of tomorrow. Uh, and we will be covering uh, episode two of the HBO series Lovecraft Country, uh, Whitey on the Moon. All right, very well. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so I guess we can uh, get into our final thoughts on this film here. So, uh, Eric, why don't you start? Um. Yeah, I like this movie. I own this movie. Uh, if you like action movies, uh, you should own it, too. Uh, it's It's got a great sense of humor. It's got great action. It's a very well-made movie. Uh, and I would recommend it to people who like this kind of thing. All right, very good. Mike? Yeah, I think this is one of the better films of its type. You know, action, film, thriller, 
whatever you want to call it. Um, I, I really enjoy it. It's um, I do think it's it's is a very very solid film. I understand that maybe the people who are diehard fans of the novels. I get it. Uh, sorry, uh, I'd still recommend giving it a shot and try to put that out of your head because it is a damn good film. All right, very good. Uh, yeah, for me, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I really like this film a lot. Uh, Tom Cruise was phenomenal uh, again as as the action hero, detective, thriller, mystery man, whatever. Uh, Rosamund Pike is is fantastic. Um, so is Robert Duvall. Uh, as is uh, everybody else in the cast, in, including uh, Richard Jenkins. Uh, so I uh, high recommend, and, and it's directed by uh, Christopher McQuarrie, which is uh, one of the more solid uh, uh, unknown directors, quote-unquote, unknown directors and screenwriters out there. Uh, one of those guys that everyone in cinema knows, but regular cinematic folks, unlike, unless you're like three of us probably don't know who he is and uh, he's definitely someone uh of note and uh he does a, a great job on this film here uh so yeah big thumbs up here um all right so that was uh 2012 already eight years old that's crazy um jack reacher uh starring uh, tom cruise and all those folks that i just mentioned and directed by Corey, as i just mentioned uh right now it's not available free anywhere to my knowledge uh actually i didn't check tubi or or pop con films, but uh, I don't I don't think it was there either. So you have to rent it. Uh, it's only about three ninety nine to rent. You can buy it for like ten bucks. Uh, unfortunately, the disc Blu Ray right now is fourteen ninety nine. Where where I was looking at at it. Uh, so uh, it's not free, but it's readily available anywhere, and it's definitely worth checking out. Uh, it's a it's a longer film too. It's only two hours and ten minutes. Uh, but it moves. It's, it's listed as free on, on uh, free on Sling and TNT. Oh right, yeah, you're right. I think it was uh, Directv as well. There, there was and Directv, yeah. but Directv. Yeah. I tried watching something that was said free under subscription off of Just Watch, um, and they still kind of had you pay for it. So I wasn't really sure how that how their algorithm is figuring out Directv. Sure, sure. So uh, uh, either way, it's uh, readily available for four bucks uh wherever films are found uh so uh once again this is the end of uh, cinema out of card so uh with all that stated eric why don't you leave this out? all right thanks for tuning in let's, let's talk about jack reacher come back next time we'll have another movie to go over 